Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. I think we can all admit that at first glance, not every scripture passage seems very practical, okay? uh, but this one is. All right, so Jesus is teaching his disciples. So this is, uh, this is at a point in his ministry where he's trying to form them and show them how to be like himself. Right? They've already been captured by the beauty of this man. There's something in Jesus that no one else has ever had. Later on, we'll use the words only begotten son, the incarnate deity, the son of the father, Emmanuel, God in the flesh. But first, it's just simply this man's life is captivating. The way he looks at us, the way he prays, the way he speaks, the way he debates with Pharisees, the way he treats those people, the way he operates captures people because it's resonating with something deep inside and awaking in them a thirst and a dream for a kind of life that seems to always be slipping through our fingers. And they realize this Jesus has it. And he's generous. He's just. He holds up good and evil. But he also is rich with mercy and encouragement for those who are struggling with sin. And so they are drawn to him. They're following him. They're seized by him. And now he's starting to tutor them on how to experience life with the Holy Spirit in them, because they're going to be initiated in that very soon. How to experience the Father's love and tenderness, his protection, and ultimately, how to not become bitter, cynical, full of judgmental haughtiness, but to stay open and alive. And so he deals with something incredibly practical that everyone here has had to deal with in their lives. When someone hurts you, when someone offends you, when someone sins against you, what do you and I do? So he gives them some practical things because this is what he does. It isn't, here's just some good ideas for you mere creatures. I'm a God and I'll do my own things. No, no, he's trying to teach us to be like him. Right, so when someone sins against us, what do most of us do? Well, we rarely confront the person and talk to them about it. We decide to talk to everyone else about it. Right? Or we put it on social media or we begin some sort of movement, some social movement. But Jesus says, whoa, like, none of those other people need to have that first conversation. Go to the person who sinned against you. You know, we might say in old days, like, man to man, right? But woman to woman, or woman to man, man to woman, depending. And have this conversation. Let him know. And the beautiful thing about this is Jesus wants to protect both the person who was the victim and the victimizer. He doesn't want either of them exposed to pain and shame. He wants them reconciled to each other and to the Father. See, Jesus cares about each person. Whether they're living great lives or really broken lives, 
He desires them to be in God the Father's grace and love. And so he says, we can't be pointing fingers and starting these social movements until we've actually talked to someone. Now, I know this takes immense amount of courage, right? But the good news is he gives us the grace to do these things. It's not just willpower. He's like, listen, I'm going to be there with you through that whole process. So what happens when you go to talk to this person and they say, you're nuts. Quit being so sensitive. Grow up. I'm fine. You're, you're the wrong one. Well, buckle up. That's going to hurt. Then, then we get to go on social media, right? We gave them a shot. They blew it. Then we get to talk to them about everyone in the neighborhood. We get to call our friends and we get to tell them how bad of a person this is. Well, no, not that easy. Jesus says, oh, there's no change? Get someone else. Get another person who can go with you. This does two things, by the way. First, it lets us know if we were the one who were sinned against, are we making a mountain out of a molehill? You choose a trusted friend, like, would you go with me to talk to this person? They have, they have rebelled against the ways of God and they really hurt me and I want to bring them back into the beauty of the life of Christ. But they, I went to them once, they weren't listening. Hopefully a good friend says, well, what happened? And you tell them and they'd be like, I got to tell you something. I think you're misseeing this. That's the first thing that's helpful because they can hold you in check to say, because when we get hurt, right, we make things very big. And they may say, I know this hurt, but I think we got to just have a little check here. But if they're like, yeah, this was awful, then the two of you can go. And the idea here is that it's like bully ball. You're going to outnumber them. No. The idea is that seeing another person, the one who sinned can say, all right, well, I can't just say they're overly sensitive. Someone else now is agreeing. See, Jesus cares so much about people who are going the wrong direction with their lives and sinning that he wants them back. He wants them to know the freedom of living in grace. He wants them to know the Father's love. And so he set this away a second time. Now, if they still aren't listening, okay, that's when you can call the church. This is important because I've used this scripture passage when I get a lot of phone calls in my priesthood and people don't like it. They call the priest right away. Will you talk to my husband, my wife? Will you talk to my uncle, my kid, my cousin? We talk, this, this other church organization did these things, I don't like it. Will you go talk to them? And nine times out of ten, I quote this passage to them, and they get mad at me. Which I understand. If I was in their shoes, I'd be a little frustrated, but I don't think you want a priest who doesn't point to Jesus, so I think that's a good start, right? Huh? Then the priest can get involved. At that point, he says, treat them like tax collectors if they don't listen. Well, how did Jesus treat tax collectors? He had meals with them. He prayed for them. He hung out with them. See, Jesus, if you're going to follow me, you need to experience what God's heart is like. God never writes anyone off. No matter how awful of a thing they've done, he never says, they're out now, they're done. Did you know in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, that official book that has all the teachings of the church, the teaching on hell, who goes to hell, it says God doesn't send people to hell. Who goes to hell? Those who refuse to accept his gift of love. But God never is writing anyone off. In fact, in the heart of the Father is a longing 
for not only intimacy for us and him, but together we would be growing in our own friendships. Now this sounds kind of beautiful and quaint, this forgiving life, but it has had social transformative powers. This is quite literally how the gospel has been spread. If you know a little bit about the history of Europe, right? Europe was run by barbaric tribes for years and years, warring with one another. Well, how did it go from that to beautiful civilizations with art museums and hospitals and town centers and country borders? How did it become civilized? Well, the history is men and women put the gospel into practice. They forgave their enemies. And when they knew it would be really hard to forgive their enemies, you know what they did? They wore out their knees by kneeling in front of Jesus and begging him and arguing with God and saying, I need you to change my heart because I don't love like you love. They didn't write people off because they were other. They sought more deeply the love of God in their lives so that they could share that more freely. And it's transformed society after society. There's all sorts of bleak pictures about our own current status. What are we going to be like in America in the next 10 years? Well, nothing's determinative in the sense that we just have to keep going in the same direction. But it is worth noting that as we as a society walk more and more away from the gospel way of life, things are not getting more humane and beautiful. It's worth noting that because the people it needs to start with is all of us. Saying, Lord, who am I writing off? Who in my life story have I dismissed and rejected? And where are you calling me to take a deep breath, begin the process of loving as you love, and when I don't feel like it, asking for all the grace I need? Just a little bit like at every Mass, we're going to pray the Our Father. And that challenging part of the Our Father is we say, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those. And I often think, if God really forgave me the way I'm forgiving others, that would not be good news for me. (laughs) And so today, we take a few moments of silence. We just ask, we don't try to muster up energy. This isn't willpower. It's not good ideas. God, we're creatures. God's not very impressed. We look at him and say, Lord, would you give me the grace to be willing to practice the gospel. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.